It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Texas Electricity Ratings. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and C.J. Vogel. And lots to talk about this morning, guys, so we're going to jump right into it. And let's start with the transfer portal. Obviously, not done yet, it sounds like, for Texas. So what's the latest there? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, uh, we're waiting uh, to see what happens with Jabbar Muhammad. Uh, The defensive back out of uh, the University of Washington is expected on campus at Oregon later today. Uh, so uh, Muhammad, uh, out of DeSoto, originally signed with Oklahoma State, then went to uh, Washington, had a whale of the year in the Pac-12, second team all Pac-12, of course, helped Washington uh, get to the national championship game this year, is expected to make a decision soon between Texas, Alabama, where Coach Kalen DeBoer moved uh, in the offseason, as well as Oregon, as of right now, I, I really think it's still uh, Texas and, and, the, and the pack, but Oregon could make things very, very different right now. Uh, that's, and that's so I think if Texas, uh, the Texas coaching staff has one circled that they're concerned about in particular, I think it's, uh, it's going to be Oregon. Uh, so this, re- this visit uh, should be a telltale sign uh, for Jabbar Muhammad. Uh, also, uh, Tioe Alia. Uh, Savea, the defensive lineman out of uh, Arizona, uh, returned home yesterday. Uh, we are waiting to see if he is going to make the move and actually uh, move on and transfer to Texas, or if he might consider staying at Arizona at this point. A lot of, I think, four different players yesterday took their name out of the, the uh, transfer portal from Arizona and decided to stay at Arizona. That's a little bit of a movement there that we're watching and, and monitoring uh, at this point in time, uh, that could, uh, you know, mess up Texas's plans a little bit to, to get the defensive tackle out of Las Vegas uh, in uh, in the boat for the Longhorns. However, uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on right now. Texas offering a bunch of players in the high school ranks, recruiting uh, never stopping right now for Texas. That's right. And let's talk about some of those offers, if you don't mind, guys. And I'll go ahead and bring the uh, the profiles up here. We'll take them one at a time. Well, if I can get my computer to act right, we'll bring them up one at a time here. But let's start with the 2025 prospect. CJ, I'm going to let you run these down real quick. Yeah, Smith and Robo out of uh, Alif Hastings out of Houston. Uh, really starting to blow up on the recruiting trail. Has you know earned about six or seven offers over the last week alone. Texas tossed their hat into the ring last night. Oklahoma as well, as did SMU, California, and Kansas. SMU actually did it just this morning about 20 minutes ago. So kind of goes to show the kind of tear that Orobo has been on. Really impressive film, very long and lengthy. You see 6'5 right there off the edge. That's exactly what Texas is looking for. Uh, as we've talked about, the addition of Lance Jackson certainly follows that theme as well. So really talented prospect, and you're starting to see his stock really start to rise. Uh, in the 26th class, Deshaun Red O 
out of uh, Westlake Village, actually the same high school as DeGabriel Floyd, if you're familiar with that recruitment way back in the day. Uh, Six-foot running back out of uh, uh, East uh, Los Angeles. Uh, you can tell right there, I mean, the Pac-12 schools or former Pac-12 schools were all over this one. Texas is now going national out to the West Coast as well. And then finally, uh, Kosi Okpala out of Maid Creek, Katie Maid Creek, uh, right outside of Houston as well. Uh, outside linebacker, one that you can kind of fit into the box if need to as well. Uh, 6'2", 200. Another guy that's really starting to see his recruitment and pick up, but Texas uh, saw what they liked, and Jeff Banks tossed out the offer last night, and and here we are, another 2026 uh, on the board for the Longhorns uh, in terms of where they might go for their linebacking picture. I, I tell you what, I watched Smith Rogbo, uh, the young man out of A-Leaf Hastings, um, guys, uh, uh, I don't say this often, uh, but I watched Brian Arakpo in high school. That's what Brian Arakpo looked like. I'm not, there's no kidding. Finn looked like he might make 205. Okay. I saw him as a high school junior. Um, and what Brian Arakpo came is, is a big difference, you know, gained 50 pounds worth of pure muscle. Um, but go watch, if you get a chance, go watch Smith Arogbo, O-R-O-G-B-O, and watch his high school film and tell me what you see. Uh, because he is, he's one of those freaky kind of natural bend, get after natural explosiveness, athleticism, all of it. Uh, he's got some real, he's got a real chance. Well, guys, one thing I wanted to get y'all's opinion on, and I actually tweeted this out last night, is ESPN put out a list, um, and they called it the 12 most important games that will impact the upcoming 2024 season. Texas was one of two schools with three games on that list. <laughs> First game was Longhorns versus Georgia, which they have ranked number one as the most important game next season. Texas game against Michigan ranked number four, and the Horns game against OU is ranked number seven. So three of the top 12 games uh, are for Texas and three of the top seven, if you want to look at it like that. What's y'all's take on that? I mean, this is a huge season for so many reasons, first season in the SEC. But, I mean, it sounds like just a well of a season coming over the Longhorns here. The hype, man. The hype is real right now for Texas. I mean, that that's what it tells me. I mean, it's not just one or two people. Uh, now, this is – this is nationwide kind of going in overdrive. Um, you know, is that good or bad? Well, it depends on how you play. <laughs> you, know, I think, I think that's, you know, you can look at it. What, you know, if Texas doesn't do well, then all of a sudden you're like, what, what the heck? Uh, but if Texas plays well, then you're like, okay, jump on the train. Um, wow. Number one overall versus Georgia. I, I could see that because I think both teams will rank, be ranked in the top four. Uh, headed into the, the the season based on this, like, look, a, a month ago, if you, I'll, I'll ask, let's take this, let's take a step back, Blake and CJ. A month ago, would you have seen Texas being rated in the top four headed in to 2024? I mean, there's no way I would have. Yet they finished the way they did. The quarterback is coming back. They add the portal pieces like they have. Yes, Champ Bailey saying it right. Rat poison, right? Texas still needs defensive linemen. Um, and so I'm definitely, and Bobby Brown says, let's go to the Michigan game. I'm definitely going. We're going to have something. I don't I don't know what kind of tailgate we're going to have, but we'll work with the, 
uh, Rick and those guys at Texas won fun and we'll have a whale of a tailgate like we did at Alabama. But my, my thinking is it is really this whole idea that Texas is all of a sudden taking this step from being a top 20 team, which they were at eight and five to a top five team this past year to now they're quote unquote, a perennial top five team by the media. Texas hasn't proven it yet, but that's a mental step that's been taken in the media and has been quote unquote, it's been generally accepted. I mean, I saw the athletic come out with a piece, what last week, Blake and, and CJ, where they predicted Texas to go undefeated in the regular season until they lost to A&M in, oh. in college station at the end of the year. That, that, that's amazing. I mean, that means beating Georgia and Michigan and Florida, I mean, at Oklahoma, et cetera. That, that's, that's a, a really big deal. I mean, I, 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 I hesitate uh, to, to think that, you know, it, this is really going to happen, but it's very interesting how the media has kind of coalesced into this idea that Texas is now a perennial contender. Just overnight, really. If you really think about it, six months' time, they've coalesced into the idea Texas under Steve Sarkeesian's a perennial contender. I, I wanted to note they predicted a, that uh, athletic article predicted AM to go six and six on the season, OU seven and five. And then, as you said, Bobby, Texas 11 and one. So I found that interesting in itself. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I think AM's got more talent than most people do, um, especially up front on defense. And I think they've done well in the portal. Uh, their question is at quarterback and whether or not Connor Wegman can be healthy. If he's healthy, he's a really good quarterback, guys. If he's not healthy, um, and and the, the, let's be clear, the other issue with them has been just offense generally. It's been even though Jimbo Fisher is supposed to be this offensive wonderkin. I mean, he was that was about as disjointed an offensive effort as you'll see. Uh, maybe Colin Klein, their new offensive coordinator, um, can come in and do something about that. But I, I, I kind of, you know, this is the issue with Colin Klein. I mean, he likes to run the quarterback. Connor Wegman's had problems with concussions. Are you really going to run the quarterback if Colin Connor Wegman's your guy? I mean, he is. Connor Wegman came out as what the number one or two, uh, you know, passer in the country as a high school player. I mean, he's got real NFL potential, real Major League Baseball potential, by the way, too. Yeah. Um, I just don't know that that Colin Klein fits Connor Wegman. Anyways, yes, AM was the offense, the Iowa <laughs> offense of the SEC. That's good. <laughs> and then Huahin Golfer says, Bobby, I'm flying from Thailand to be in the big house of bucket list item, plus watching the horns and icy whites beating the Wolverines. So that's cool. Very yeah, cool. come on down. Well, I, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're going to have a party. It's going to be a fun. I, I, the only thing I don't like about that, and this is a, one thing I will say, Michigan always plays the 11 o'clock game. Oh, you know what I mean by that? Early in the season, they play that 11 o'clock game. I want this to be like a 2.30 or a 3.30 or maybe even a night game. Yeah. That way, just like it was at Alabama, so you can have the run-up to the day and have the whole day and uh, and and uh, have a little fun. For sure. Uh, before we uh, move on, one other news item that we need to touch on that's getting asked about in the chat, and I'm going to actually jump lump these questions together. Daryl Klein says, D-line coach anything? And then Captain Americano followed that up with, what happens first, hardball to the NFL or the Texas defensive line coach announcement? Tom Petty had it right. The waiting is the hardest part. 
That was one of my favorite artists, man. Uh, um, so, uh, look, Rod Wright had his meeting with D'Amico Ryans yesterday. Um, the fact that Rod Wright hasn't been announced yet, well, maybe it happens today. Maybe it's not Rod Wright, which is entirely possible. Um, as someone pointed out yesterday, you know, NFL teams, if they fire their head coach, the NFL assistants have to stay until the new coach is hired. And then the new coach gets to decide whether they want to continue the contract. And so that could be part of this process too. A guy like Clint Hurt up in Seattle, right? Um, he, he's he's waiting on the, the Seahawks to name a new coach. Maybe he goes somewhere else. Uh, he is one of the best recruiters in the country and has been for a long, long time. Or you're waiting on Detroit to get out of the playoffs. You know, they've got John Scott, the defensive line coach up there, who is at Penn State and who was a great recruiter for Penn State. Uh, Cameron Brown, I think, is a, an assistant there. He, uh, or Cameron Spencer, he was uh, down at Lamar. He's got some ties to the state of Texas. There's a lot of different guys that that I, if I knew who it was, I'd say. I'm not sure it's Rod Wright. I'm not sure who it is. Uh, but you're right. The waiting is the hardest part uh, because that's what everybody wants to know now. And you're turning in here, for example, to know now. Uh, I don't have that answer for you. I just don't. Yep. It was also reported yesterday that Harbaugh is leaning towards becoming the next Chargers head coach. He is expected to bring his family with him to the second interview in person in L.A. So a lot of dominoes could still fall in the portal as we talked about. The 30-day window or thirty day window opens up following coach's departure or hiring. So who knows? We could be seeing a second or even third surge depending on where Michigan goes to file in their new uh, vacancy if that does happen, of course. But uh, a lot still yet to happen uh, in the portal as well as the world of college football and the NFL as we know it. Yep. Crazy times. Crazy times ahead. Hey, I, I got to be honest. If, if Michigan doesn't hire Sharon Moore immediately, that's mm -hmm. their offense coordinator that kind of took over for Harbaugh in, what, five games this year that he was suspended or whatever. If they don't move quickly to hire him, I think you could see a lot of attrition on that roster. Now, if they do hire Sharon Moore, I don't think you're going to see nearly as much attrition. Now, that That's my general sense of it. And from talking to a reporter at Michigan uh, about a week ago uh, on that topic, the kids are, have kind of galvanized around that sort of hard nosed, you know, kind of play. And if they take that away from them and hire from outside, all, including a Brian Kelly, by the way. Uh, at LSU. If they do that, then all bets are off. All right, y'all. Well, here in just a minute, we have a Pleasant Grove head coach, Josh Gibson, joining us. He's the head coach over at Pleasant Grove, obviously, and Lance Jackson uh, is one of his players, so we'll get the latest on him. But before we get to Coach Gibson, I want to tell everybody out there about Texas electricity ratings. And for those of y'all still living in Texas and in the major cities with deregulated electricity like Dallas and Houston, you understand that deregulated electricity market can be confusing. Texas Electricity Ratings is a shopping website that lets you compare prices, read customer reviews, and find a good electricity that fits your needs. It also filters out a lot of the gimmicky plans like you see on websites such as Power to Choose that trick customers into expensive bills. So if you're in the market for a new electricity plan, shop TexasElectricityRatings.com OTF for all of your electricity needs. 
Again, that's TexasElectricityRatings.com slash OTF, and they'll get you hooked up. Okay, y'all. Well, we have Coach Gibson here, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. And Coach Gibson, how are you doing this morning? Man, I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're muted, Bobby. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. <laughs> I love that background, Coach. I love that uh, the PG back there. Hey, uh, question for you. Um, Lance Jackson, uh, Long, Longhorn's latest commitment, uh, becomes commitment, I believe, number five on the campaign for, for Texas. What exactly are the Longhorns getting, not only as a player, but as a young man in Lance Jackson? Yeah, you know, it, it's a, I think it's a sure hit. It, he's a jewel. Um, and I can say that because, you know, it's really easy to compare him to his brother who came through here and played the same position. And uh, Landon was a, a top 10 kid in the state of Texas, you know, all four of his high school years. And, and after next year, he'll be a two-year captain at Arkansas and kind of the face of their program. And um, you're getting a kid who has the same stature and, 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 and has played just as many games. Um, I think one thing that's easy for us to see as his, as his high school coach is that there are some things that Lance does, you know, even a little bit better than Landon. He, he's looser in the hips. Um, he's extremely athletic on the offensive side of the ball. He's probably a little more prolific than, than Landon was. And, um, and then Landon, I mean, is just so dominant on the defensive side and, and, and Lance is, is as well. So it's kind of a spitting image. Um, you see a guy who's had so much success at Arkansas in the SEC. And, um, and I think that comes with what Texas can be fired up um, in Lance because you, you have a freaky talented kid and there's a lot of those out there, but how many of them um, have the same uh, elite work ethic um, the, uh, the buy-in to, to be great, the determination, it, it's all there. And he's, he's really the whole package and, and just going up around college athletics, my dad and stepdad, you know, coached at the collegiate level. My brother-in-law still does there. There's, there's a lot of divas out there and, and these guys are the furthest thing from it. And so that's what I was talking to Pete about last night. He called and just, you know, visiting about Lance and, um, he was heavily involved in in Landon's recruitment, and I think that helped him with Lance. That he's a very relational guy, and so are these kids. But they're just they're getting the whole package in in Lance, and um, we're really fired up that he's going to be a Longhorn, and I know he is too, and proud of him. 
Uh, you talk, you reference Pete, you, Pete Kwiatkowski, I assume, defensive coordinator, University of Texas. Uh, Coach, the other thing I would ask you is, is this. Um, you're, you're in, we talk to coaches and high school kids and all that stuff on this show a lot. How good is it for a player like him to get his commitment out of the way before spring ball, before he has to worry about the summer and then, and then into the fall? Does that, does that give you as a coach a sense of, okay, now I know, now he knows what he's doing. We can get all the silliness kind of out of the way and focus on the task at hand. Does that, that make you feel good as well? Well, you know, it makes me feel good for him, you know, because all these guys, their walks are different. And, you know, we've been fortunate to have about six or seven kids in the SEC and Big 12 come through in the last five years. And um, I know uh, Lance is a kid that was on the scene in eighth grade. So he was already taking visits, already doing the photo shoots and all that. And that's cool at that age. But but what you see is by the time they get to be a junior, it, it kind of becomes a stressor for him and and um, their phones blow up and, and these these guys have to do a great job recruiting and and they do. So naturally, the kids don't get the rest too much. So if he wanted to drag this thing out further, you know, my job is to support him. But I do know him making a decision. He can focus on being a kid again a little bit more. And I think that's important because it's so hard at the next level and um, and it's fun, but it's also a job for these guys. And so he can go through the rest of this year and um, focus on baseball and football. Uh, what people don't know about Lance is he was offered by Arkansas in baseball as an eighth grader. He can he can throw about 93 miles per hour. And um, we're, we're the second ranked team in baseball in the preseason poll. And he, he wants to go out there and have a good time doing that. And um, and now I think he can focus on just being a kid a little bit more and uh, and getting this out of the way. Coach, we talked to Lance on Sunday and, you know, he we kind of asked him, you know, when did you start to know you were going to be a pretty you know dominant athlete? And he said, you know, right around the early days of middle school, obviously he's grown up to be someone that can dominate on the football field. He throws 93 on the mound. But for you, you know, having seen a lot of talent come through PG, when did you know? When did you start seeing the signs of a, a pretty special talent off the edge there? Yeah. Um, so. I thought there'd be a chance he'd be really good when he was younger. He, he's a year apart from my son, and they were on the same basketball team. And his dad, Larry, you know, Larry's 6'10 and played basketball at AM. Um, his mom is extremely tall. She played volleyball at McNeese. So two D1 athletes. And um, what I'm trying to convince them to have more babies because they keep <laughs> spitting out, you know, these big time talents. They have another brother that's about six six and um, but I think I think we saw it in Lance in middle school uh, as a kid as big as he is. And they chunk up the ball over the middle and he'd come out of nowhere and snag it. So you saw a pretty good athleticism to go with a big frame like he wasn't just a big frame kid. And sometimes those big frame kids, you know, they grow into their bodies a little bit later. But but he, he could move really well um, as a middle school athlete in basketball and, and football and then about every time he got to the plate, he's knocking one out of the park when he was a, a kid. He broke more windshields in, in, in Little League, and, and that was kind of cool to keep up with. But um, I think he was also on the scene a little bit more for us with Landon, and you're like, man, I wonder what his little brother's going to turn into and, you know, didn't quite know and, and 
really knew at the end of his eighth grade year, we started bringing him up to the high school and we're like, this kid's going to be special. That's awesome. Hey coach. Uh, I, I, I have vivid memories of throwing a pitch where somebody broke a windshield on me, <laughs> <laughs> not the opposite direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, a question for you. Uh, and, and we appreciate your time and thank you so much for sure. joining us. The, the one question I had for you is if you could pick the one thing about Lance that Texas fans need to know about what they're, what he's going to represent the university of Texas, how he's going to play. What was, what's that one thing that you kind of cling to or think of when you think of him? Well, I, I think it, I think it starts and ends with this and this is what, is going to make him successful the rest of his life. It's it's quality of person. And and the, everybody that Texas signs, we know right now, I, I don't have to know all their names. I know they're great football players and great athletes. They're going to get the best of the best, especially after the season they just had and where the trajectory of the program's going. So how do you, how do you separate yourself from all the other five stars? And, um, and, and it's with integrity, with character, um, great leadership on and off the field, a great student in the classroom, the determination and drive. Um, he's the whole package and and his brother is too. And that's why um, I, I, you know, where Texas is going, you're going to have to be special to make an impact there. And a lot of these guys are going to become backups. Some of them are going to hit the portal, but I'd, I'd go all in on Lance Jackson that he is going to be a big impact player for the University of Texas because he has an elite workout and just overall the quality of person he is, he's checking the boxes. And yesterday before school, I mean, it's seven o'clock and we're meeting about any weaknesses that he may have as a leader. Like let's clean those up right now. Um, talked to Pete last night and I said, Hey, send us any weaknesses you see in his game, because that's, that's what we try to work on here um, with him so that he becomes a complete player. And he wants to work on those things. And, um, I, I, I don't know. I think he's always going to be growing. He's always going to be looking for ways to better himself and just the quality of person that, that Texas is getting Lance Jackson's off the charts. And it will not surprise me if he's a captain for that program in a few years. That's awesome. That's well, good stuff. Coach Gibson, before we, before we let you go, I got to know, right? Pretty successful season this year on the football field, undefeated in district play, but what's next season going to be looking like for the Hawks? Well, um, I tell you what, the more we can get the ball in Lance Jackson's hands, it's going to be really good. He is a, he is a freaky uh, tight end. And like, so you've got schools like Wisconsin and Georgia um, that have recruited him as a tight end. And, you know, Texas is recruiting him as a defensive end. And so coaches have asked me, you know, what do you think he is? And I'm like, whichever side of the ball he wants to be on. Um, and, and, and really and truly, there's not a lot of guys that can do that. But if Wisconsin and Georgia are offering him as a tight end, you know he can play that role. Um, and so the, the second part is, is what does Lance want to do? And I think Lance wants to play where he can play the longest. And in, in Texas's system, I think they see him as a defensive end. And so that's what he's going to go do there. But for us to have success, that dude's going to have to be, you know, one of our key cogs, and he'll get a bunch of sacks this year and a and a bunch of catches. Um, but for our kids, we just we want them all to go full tilt, put their heart and soul into each other, and grow as much as they can. And I think we're going to be a really young football team next year, and um, they have some really good young talent um, that's led by a 
a freaky five-star in Lance Jackson. And I know right now that dude's marked as a four-star, but, you know, he he's kind of honed in at an early age on that he wanted to stay close to the state of Texas, and he doesn't take all the visits and, and, and play the game to get his stock up. But I'll be surprised if, if they don't give him his fifth star pretty soon. Coach, you're, you're a jewel, uh, one of many in the state of Texas in the high school coaching ranks. Uh, that's Josh Gibson. Coach, thank you so much, and good luck to you guys this year. All right, hook him, guys. All right, hook him, coach. coach. Take care of yourself. <laughs> that's good stuff from Coach that, Gibson. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of good insight there, too, that only a head coach can provide. So it, it was a great thing. Thanks to Coach Gibson for coming on the show today and, and giving us I did, hey, did y'all know that Georgia and uh, Wisconsin had went after him as a tight I watched his tight end film, by the way. I mean, I, I've seen him play, and I was wondering. He was all district uh, at, at tight end and defensive end as a freshman in high school. Yeah. You, you guys the show. <laughs> I mean, those are two good programs to be recruited as a tight end for. You know, right. you, you talk about the schools that produce the best tight ends. They're probably two of the top five with Notre Dame and Iowa as well. So, I mean, it, it really – is impressive and goes to show the type of athlete that Texas is getting with Lance Jackson. Really impressive stuff. Yeah. Great interview too. Great, a great guy for sure. Hey, speaking of great things, I want to read this uh, super chat from Jonathan McKay and uh, congratulations, Jonathan is what I'm going to start with saying, but he says waiting in the delivery room, baby number two coming, had to get my recruiting update. Hook on. Congratulations. Awesome. Congratulations, man. And nothing like it. There's baby number one in his profile pic, I think. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, nothing but the best for you and the missus there. Um, all right, guys. Well, we have a lot of questions, and we're going to go ahead and just start getting to them. And I'm going to start here at the beginning with E. Kim's question. He says, good morning from Rockford, Illinois. A five offensive lineman take class for 2025? Um, I don't know that it's going to be that high. I think it's going to be more like four. Um, it all depends on attrition, though, too. Um, we talked yesterday about the same issue, uh, about how many scholarships is Texas going to have this year to give. And my general rule of thumb is to start with the number 20 and either work up or work down based on attrition. Right now, until we see more attrition, that number's sticking at 20. Um, and so I, I have to think that they're going to go four. Uh, they would probably, Kyle, if you ask Kyle Flood, he'd probably like five or six. <laughs> but, you know, the reality of it is, is that the, until numbers even out, because right now, Jake Majors is set to leave probably next year. I'm just going through it. Jake Majors, Max Merrill, um, uh, then you also have uh, most likely Kelvin Banks. So that would be three leaving, right? Unless you have more. Who, who else? I was going to say possibly DJ Campbell with a, another strong season. He has that five-star pedigree. You never know when a team might, you know, bump the grade. You never know. You never know. I'm, I'm with you. But I, I think to your point, Bobby, Texas taking seven, five, and then three in the last three cycles. So I think you're going to find water, find its level right around the four range uh, in 2025. Fair. That's fair. I, I can see them going high. Uh, so my my question, my or my answer, my real answer is, I think it, at offensive line, you start at four and figure out what happens with the rest of the team. That's kind of my thought process. Now, if they start running, taking a run on offensive linemen, it may be they get to four and there may be one guy out there that they hold for like they did with Brandon Baker this year. 
right? So you get to a number, and then if one big-time guy wants to come, you keep a spot open. It could be that. There's a lot of talent in that room, no doubt. And uh, Bobby Petronic wants to discuss that further. He says, I was thinking about loaded rooms, positions where the talent is stacked so deep that any noobs will have to be very special to see playing time early. Running back, quarterback, offensive line are there. Others are not. Are there any other position groups that y'all would say those rooms are absolutely loaded to the gills? Here's one I'm going to say, and it's going to kind of be a little interesting. I think defensive back is getting there. Not, not necessarily, it won't be this year with this group, but next year, think about all the talent in the, in the secondary. Now, I'm not, not talking about 2024, but 2025. They've recruited lights out in the secondary this past year. And you know they hit on Derek Williams. You know they hit on Manny Muhammad. Um, they're, uh, so, in other words, a 2025 recruit that's going to play his first season in 2025, I think they're going to have to be special in the secondary. That that would be one more that I would add to it. Uh, then Bobby Petronic also had another question. Bobby, this one's specifically for you. He says, Bobby, have you always had those orange lockers in the office? we got to give a shout out to your wife here, so I'm going to let you do just that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, this is uh, my wife's doing. As you can tell, I, for, the, for the first year of doing this, it was just, you know, me putting my hats in the background and putting my uh, Street and Smith's footballs up. Uh, yesterday, she decided to go big uh, and uh, uh, move all the stuff around and try to make this fun uh, back here. So, no, I have not. I have always had those uh, burnt orange lockers, but they were out in the garage until yesterday. Putting in that work. Uh, Dustin Yarbrough with the super chat. He says, how does Sark match physicality with speed this year? The receivers he's brought in are specialists, but don't shy away from contact. By the way, Justin, we appreciate the super chat. It's going to be a good question, especially at the wide receiver spot this year. I mean, I've talked about it a couple times, but I think there's going to be some question marks about where Sarkeesian goes with his game plan. Does he stretch it down the field? Do you get more of a, a quick passing game in the, the short to intermediate range as well? We know he likes throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage often. That requires your wide receivers and, and guys in space to block and be willing to take on, you know, uh, more contact. Is that what fits this wide receiving group? Maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll have to see this spring, but that has been a big piece of the Sarkeesian offense. I do know that that speed will allow Texas to be uh, a little bit more aggressive with the downfield goals, as well as uh, you, you'll start to see more yards after catch and guys with the ball in their hands early on be able to make plays down the field, similar to what we saw Xavier Worthy against Wyoming. Uh, the, the, the quick missile uh, screen that he just caught took – couple steps, got to the corner and, and, and ran 35 yards to the house. You'll start seeing that more and more, but it'll be throughout different spots on the field at the wide receiver spot. The physicality is a big question mark for me right now. Here's what I would say, and I agree with you. Physicality, it, com compared to a Jordan Whittington. Correct. Right, where Who really brought, you knew he wasn't just pretend physical. He would actually get physical, right? Xavier Worthy, though, let, let, let's, Xavier Worthy, we know he's not going to move anybody as a blocker. He's a shielder, right? But he never shied from contact, in my opinion. 
I don't, from what I've seen of Z- Isaiah Bond and Silas Bolden, I don't think they shy from contact. Now, Matthew Golden, I haven't seen really get, he played outside at Houston almost exclusively. So you really didn't see him involved in contact much. But I don't, I don't think even you can be a smaller player and not be, not lack physicality. Now, I don't think uh, Xavier Worthy lacked physicality. I think he just lacked size, right? And so he had he played with an attitude generally. I mean, he would take on uh, tacklers rather yeah. than just go out of bounds. I think Bolden and Bond, from what I've seen, are similarly situated that way. So I don't. The, the question is, do they have a Jordan Whittington that can go back in there and really seal the edge? That's that changes your run game a little bit as much as anything else. Yep. Well, we're going to talk more about wide receiver uh, related stuff here in just a second. But Bobby, before we move to that, can you tell everybody out there about Factor? Yeah, I'm very happy about this. Factor is a meal replacement plan that I I personally have uh, used. It's a it's it's a great uh, uh, meal plan. They have all different cut types, whether it's keto, uh, calorie smart, uh, veggie, uh, whatever you're looking to do. They also have 55 plus weekly add-ons. Uh, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your New Year's resolutions. Factors ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking f- fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. They really are fantastic. The chicken uh, is probably the best chicken I've had in this category. I really. Uh, believe it. Uh, if you even need a special occasion meal, they have the Gourmet Plus uh, solution. If you're looking for fast upscale options done easily. Uh, so when things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week week with plans from four to 18 meals per week. So it's not one of those where you have to get every single meal. You can uh, move it around uh, the number that you want or pause and reschedule deliveries anytime. So if you're out of town, that's really good as well. Uh, call they, the, the thing that I would say to tell you is go to factormeals.com forward slash Texas 50 and use code Texas 50 to get 50% off. Just give it a try. That's code Texas 50 at factormeals.com slash Texas 50 to get 50% off. Uh, Factor really has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats in addition to ready to eat meals. They also have cold pressed juices, smoothies, if you like those, energy bites, extra protein, anything to help me keep energized during a frantic time, uh, like when you start a new website Uh, (laughs) and and have a morning show as well. So anyways, factormeals.com forward slash Texas 50. It really is good. Try the chicken. That's right. Speaking of the new website, be sure to check us out on texasfootball.com. Lots of conversation going on over there. We would love to have you join us. Okay, guys, well, we were talking about wide receiver physicality, and it has opened up the floodgates on wide receiver-related questions. We're going to just stay on subject here. Edward Costley wants to know, how difficult is it for them to learn blocking schemes? Oh, you're muted, CJ. You're muted, buddy. There's a curve to it because we saw A.D. Mitchell early on last year uh, I, I don't want to say struggle, but maybe there's a, a lack of willing to adapt to what Texas was asking of him. You know, there's a lot of crackback situation there 
where Texas asked their wide receivers, especially on the outside, to come, you know, get to a linebacker or get to a safety that might be the last, you know, kind of string of defense for an opposing defense in the running game. That's kind of the nuances. Uh, your uh, uh, willingness and ability to block is more mental than anything in my eyes. I think it's all, am I wanting to go out there and go hit somebody that, you know, is wanting to hit me back harder and, and probably a little bit more physically. Texas in their wide receiving blocking game is asked a lot to do it on the outside, but on, on more specifically in the run game, it's all about getting to the second level, finding and picking off a linebacker, uh, spurring, you know, a, an extended lane for running backs and, and ball carriers to get to the outside. So it, it's not necessarily a learning curve to me. I think it's more just, is it a willing factor for you? But Bobby, I'd love to hear what you have here. Um, I know you're on the right. You're on the right. I, I think that's the right way to, to say it. Even CJ, it, it's not like there's a, it, it's not, a, it, it's not even a curve. It's an understanding of what's required of you to play the position at Texas. Right. There's a standard they want. Nobody is looking for the world's greatest blocker at, 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 uh, at uh, wide receiver when you're the size of Xavier worthy. Now, when you're AJ Brown and you're in the NFL, they're looking at you like, hey, you could be a, a third tight end, right? Yeah. But Texas doesn't have a lot of those guys. I, I, they don't have any guy like that right now on the roster. They're looking for guys to help them, to your point, CJ, that last line of defense, a guy that can help them make five yards turn into eight to 12 or eight to 12 turn into 60. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's generally the role, especially on cutback runs, by the way. Wide receiver blocking becomes especially important. I learned that from John Makovic back when I was in school and he was working to um, spring training uh, that first year. And he was just so into making sure the wide receivers stayed engaged, at least on the backside until, uh, until they saw that it was clearly going the opposite direction because he wanted them to make sure they could get in the way on a backside run. It was really interesting. I mean, uh, you know, I, I saw that throughout high school and, and, and a little bit in college with Coach McWilliams uh, and seeing how, he, how they taught it. Uh, Makovic had a little bit different feel, and I think that was a more pro-type feel, right? He was looking and hunting for that big play in the run game. Well, here, here's an interesting thought, and I haven't even thought about this myself. Trace Crutchfield says, I'm listening to CJ mention passing behind the line of scrimmage. Which of our receivers can we expect to see throwing the ball like Xavier Worthy? So who's the next wide receiver quarterback? This year, I don't know. I think we'll eventually see Parker Livingstone start throwing the rock. He was a baseball player. His brother actually ended up at Texas Tech to be a pitcher. Parker played baseball growing up as well. He's got the arm. He actually threw a pass in the in the game that I watched of him week one this past season. Uh, it was probably about 40 yards right on the money for a touchdown. So he's a guy that comes to mind. Who do we see this year out of that speedy bunch that we've been mentioning? I don't know. I don't know if any of them play quarterback. I don't, I don't know. So, so, no, sometimes some of those guys play a little quarterback, right? Right. And, you know, they, they run the Wildcat, et cetera. I don't know if any of those guys did that in high school. No. In fairness. I don't know. That's an interesting question to ponder on. No doubt about that. And then let's talk wide receiver recruiting. we got a few questions about that. King Me says, what's more likely, start getting Ryan Williams to commit or – getting to Corian Moore to flip. 
Well, Williams is expected in this week. Uh, that's a big one for Texas. Uh, uh, I think that uh, him coming in with KJ Lacey could be big. Uh, I saw an interview with Ryan Williams yesterday. You can go check it out, by the way, uh, on the website on Texas Football. I posted it uh, for people to look at it. Um, boy, there is a lot of pressure on him to stay in state, be it Alabama or Auburn. Like I used to think it was pressure for kids to go to either Texas or Texas A&M in the state of Texas. That that state is different now. I mean, because there are no pro sports there, right? I mean, it is all Alabama, Auburn all the time. Uh, I I actually think it's more likely that Ryan Williams commits to Texas than than DeCorey Moore flips. Hmm. If I had to guess right now, and I I think Texas is squarely in the middle middle of it for Ryan Williams. And I know that would make five receivers in this class, but he's also young, so he's not necessarily thinking I got to go there and catch fifty balls this year. Um, I think that I, I genuinely believe uh, that that's probably a, a bigger opportunity right now. Yep. This, this weekend is going to be really big for Ryan Williams. First visit to Texas, and it's coming this late in the cycle. Texas to stick around as long as they have without getting him to campus is impressive on its own, but a really important uh, weekend ahead of the Texas staff to, to, to make a big exclamation mark and jump in this recruitment. Hey, CJ, while I've got you, say something nice about the people that sent you that hat, uh, if you don't mind, because uh, people have asked me, a couple of people have sent me emails asking me, where did CJ get his hat? Uh, tell people about that hat. Uh, yeah, I, 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 like the, I like those rope things they're doing a little bit now. No, it's been tremendous. I I have another one in the in the, in the in the uh, in my room as well. I've got a black one. It's it's really cool. Really what's, impressive. What's the stuff. name of the company? University Traditions. OK, good stuff. Yep. Very cool. All right, we're going to go back to wide receiver recruiting for just a second. Too broke to pay attention. Says if we got Terry Bussey, he could be that guy talking about someone that throws the football. By the way, where do we stand with him? I think Texas is out. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, he is a, a really good football player, too. But I, I think that's trending LSU right now, guys, over Alabama and or over Georgia and AM. Just that's what I, I talked to somebody that was at the Polynesian Bowl and saw Brandon Baker and uh, talked to him a little bit about uh, Santana Wilson as well. Um, and they felt like their on the ground feel for Terry Bussey was LSU. And then Antoine says, CJ, we're 26 quarterback Quinn Murphy and 25 wide receiver Emmanuel Choice at Junior Day. I know we both spoke to Emmanuel. Got the tweet right there of him at Junior Day. But do you know about Quinn Murphy? Because I don't recall that. Quinn Murphy was not at Texas. Uh, Texas is still in its evaluation phase with Quinn Murphy. He was actually at Austin Regents before moving up to uh, Liberty Christian in Argyle. So he's now in the DFW area right now, no longer right down the road from the Texas Longhorns down here in Austin. But uh, certainly someone that Texas is familiar with. I know that there are a lot of early rankings that indicate Murphy will be pretty high on that list. And uh, he visited over the uh, the college football season. I know Texas fans on Twitter had a lot of fun with who was in attendance and Quinn Murphy being, you know, the split of Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy. It <laughs> it kind of lended some fun for the Texas fans there, but Texas is still evaluating things there. Hey, what about the, the quarterback out of Tampa that was there? Because I know you wrote a little bit about that and said a little bit about that. Uh, he's expected to be pretty good. I watched his film. He's pretty <laughs> – he, yeah. he can throw it around a little bit. Uh, but but you, the, the thing about this, and you mentioned this, you, you talked about it in your article that you wrote, CJ, is how Sark is, let's, let's 
hone in on one guy at quarterback and make that our guy. You think that could be the guy from from uh, Will Griffin, young man from Tampa in the 2026 class? I, I think it's certainly something to watch very closely. If anybody in that 2026 class that was on campus uh, was able to earn that Texas offer and be that guy, I think it would be Will Griffin from this weekend. Uh, 6'3", I think he's the number four quarterback in the country per the 24-7 composite rankings. You have his ratings up here from on three as well. So you, you get an idea of the talent that he brings. Uh, we actually saw, you know, the, the early photos of him arriving from the airport. Really physically impressive kid for a kid that's just now entering his – or expected to enter his junior year down there in Tampa. So big arm. Tape is a lot of fun, and obviously Texas – and Steve Sarkeesian have an eye for spotting quarterback talent. He's a guy that I, I would keep a very close eye on in the 2026 class. Already going forward with quarterbacks because of KJ Lacey. That's that's uh, that's having them stacked up. I mean, that's that's you want to know why we talked about this early about why people are looking at Texas as a perennial power. Yes, it's the overall recruiting that Texas has and it has been going on with Sark, but. You know, there were times when Matt Brown, even late in his career, had the other pieces, but didn't necessarily have the quarterback, right? Sark's not not going to miss on the quarterback and having a guy. That 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 helps so much. I mean, you look at and no offense, but Dabo Sweeney, uh, he had a bunch of other guys too, right? Maybe didn't have the receivers that he once had, but really it was the quarterback position that caused this little ebb. Uh, at Clemson. Nothing else. Now, Kate Klubnik is trying to bridge that right now as he gets older. But my point being that the one thing about Sark, you're probably not going to have to worry about the most important position on the football field. And that that allows you to go from team to team. And that's how Alabama and, and Nick Saban, after, say, Greg McElroy and A.J. McCarron, he started stacking the quarterbacks. And then it was over for him. I mean, he was there every year. Yep. I'm going to take one other recruiting-related question, uh, and it's about Ed Small. Rod Baber is very high on this kid, and Coach 420 says, does Texas ever offer Ed Small? Small, of course, is committed to Texas as a baseball commit, but he told me over the weekend that uh, TCU is a team to watch out for because they want him in both sports. Do y'all see Texas going after Small at all? In football, obviously. <laughs> I was going to say he's, you know, Texas is already after him. I mean, they got the they got the commitment. But on the football field, that's going to be something to watch, obviously. He was here this weekend. Texas is interested in him. They got the measurables. They got to talk to him in person. Uh, how else does this class start to fill out? Where else do they begin uh, really prioritizing their targets? Ed Small is a, a true playmaker, a true athlete. We talk about guys like Lance Jackson that are able to find success on the football field and on the baseball diamond. Ed Small certainly fits into that category. I think there will be an eventual offer extended. Uh, I, I, I do wonder with Texas's path at the, rec uh, the wide receiver position right now, just how heavily they, they pursue because they've been able to go out and find just about anybody that they've really coveted at the wide receiver position uh, over the last couple of cycles. So uh, that'll be interesting. Um, Ed Small, obviously tremendous prospect, tremendous athlete. Uh, does he find a spot on the Texas uh, football field at receiver? That could be the, the biggest question there. Hey, hey, listen to these stats for him. 77 catches as a junior, 1,112 yards, 19 touchdowns as a junior. 
As a sophomore, 59 receptions, 14 touchdowns. Fine hands on. Yeah. But remember what we talked about with what Sark likes. People that score TDs. There's his That's, baseball stats. Yeah, I know. He's, <laughs> how good is he in baseball, Blake? Uh, just unbelievable. I was I was telling Bobby the other – well, Bobby and Rod, I think, the other day. His exit velo, 88, elite in college, is around 85 to 90. I mean, we're talking about a junior in high school. Otani, for example, I think his average velo is around 93, 94. So, I mean, you know, that, that right there is pretty indicative. But they, I, interesting enough, if I can find it here, they have him ranked as a 9.5. Well, of course, it's not going to be on here. Uh, but they have him ranked as a 9.5 on perfect game. That's like pro prospect. But he says he's all football. So he may never play baseball. You know, I mean, obviously in high school, but I don't know. Interesting. There's a, a question in the chat. Does he have speed from Vivit B right there? Yep. 6'4 in the 60 is uh, very fast. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that football likes using the 40-yard dash. We like talking about high school prospects in the 100-meter. Baseball uses the 60-yard dash. Anything in the mid-sixes is very quick. Anything in the – like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, is what you're talking about, like the big speed demons, the bag stealers, and the MLB. So 6'4", is, I think, what they had on perfect game. That's that's really fast. I grabbed this question real quick from Bobby uh, Batronic. Yes, uh, in each sport, the rule in the NCAA is this, and he's asking if you commit to play baseball and then play football, does it take a football scholarship? Yes, if you play football at all, um, then it takes up your scholarship from the other sport. It moves it out. Um, and so, for example, Marquise Goodwin, y'all remember him, uh, world-class track athlete, obviously, but he came to Texas as a walk-on of the football team and had a partial scholarship in track. Well, he showed up in the first week, they knew he's gonna end up playing football for Texas, right? <laughs> um, immediately, they had to make sure they had a spot to be one of the 85 on the roster for Texas. And so you have to do that. It's happened a couple other times, basketball players have moved over, et cetera. Uh, but it, you have to absolutely, the larger sport with more scholarships has to take the the uh, number for the smaller sport, and in that case, obviously Texas, or obviously football, the larger sport, Bobby. Yeah. And then to answer this last question on small from Greg Jackson, he said, "If he's that good in baseball, does he go straight to the MLB?" So his nine and a half grade from Perfect Game, they consider a nine a potential top ten round pick. A ten is a potential very high draft pick and or elite level college prospect. So he's. I mean, he could easily go, but again, he's saying that he's all football. So we'll, well, uh, not not straight to major league baseball, but to the minor league baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this the the days of that happening are very, very yeah, rarely. Very. I think there's only been one or two in the past fourteen years, you know, that have made that jump within a season, much less straight to it. Yeah. All right, fresh sixty four seventy three. There's only been. There has only been two thousand yard wide receiver football, and none in the NFL. I think he meant only been one. Do you guys think we will ever see a 2,000-yard wide receiver in college at any division in the next two or three years? May have two more games. Yeah. That's a great point with the with the expanded playoffs. Yeah. Great point, Bobby. You start getting to 17 games in a high school in a college football year. I mean, they literally, there's that's a possibility, right? What was I think Devontae Smith when he won the Heisman was the closest. 
1850, I think, is what he ended up with. But he ended up scoring 23 touchdowns. So uh, he wasn't even their leading receiver until Jalen Waddle went down. Yeah. So and then, I mean, he became all world the minute that Jalen hurt his ankle. So, I mean, clearly Heisman candidate, Heisman worthy. 2,000 yards is a lot. Um, we don't see it in the NFL, even with guys like Tyreek Hill. I know C.D. Lamb had a great year. Calvin Johnson, I think, was the last to do it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Uh, I, I don't see it happening, even with an extended game or each season happening. It's just one of those things where uh, I, I think it's opposing defenses are saying, hey, like anybody else can beat us except that guy with 1,800 yards. And by the way, the most uh, the NCAA individual records for receiving was from Trevor Inslee in Nevada from 1999. He had 2,060 yards on the season. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> and I've never heard of that guy before. Me, I mean, neither. Like, that, <laughs> I've never heard of him. So 25 years ago. All right, well, we've talked about wide receiver in depth. Let's go to the other side of the football. Jason says, with the addition to the secondary, does Texas have any thumpers to put fear into wide receivers to go with improved coverage? They certainly, I would say, are not at the moment physically demanding or impressive back there. They have the athleticism. They don't have that guy that I think is, you know, ranging around 6'2", 6'3", like a, an Earl Thomas. I, I don't see it. Earl Thomas wasn't that big, obviously, but he could come downhill and hit you pretty hard. I don't think Makuba has that in him. I think he's a great tackler. I think he's fundamentally sound. Michael Taff wasn't that guy. We'll see what Derek Williams can turn into. Xavier Filsamy, maybe. I, he's kind of of that bigger body, bigger frame. I, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Well, Williams could knock you into next week, based on what I saw in high school. Um, now, will they play him that way? Or is he more your coverage safety? Right. Because, um, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Manny Muhammad's a willing tackler. Johnny McDonald's a good name there, guys. Uh, if he if they play him that way. Um, I, I don't know that they have other than Williams. I don't know that I would consider anybody imposing in the secondary to, to CJ's point. I'm talking about and, and not just the Quandre Diggs or the um, uh, or the the Earl Thomas types, the undersized kind of dynamos warren roberson might be a guy those kind of undersized i'm talking i'm thinking more of the kenny vaccaro type yeah you know what i mean the six foot lathered up guy that's going to knock you into next week i i don't know that they have that unless it's one of the young guys uh, or uh, jelani mcdonald's a good one uh i think phil Sami is a possibility um i'd like to see what Derek williams and how they play him this year because he's I think he's lining up right now to be more of their coverage guy. Could be wrong. Man, I've seen Kenny Vaccaro play some vicious hits. I got to thinking about that when you said that name. Uh, uh, Mark Snell says, since Laird decommitted from Washington, is Texas looking at him at all? Does he have the speed? They have not been uh, interested there. Uh, so I don't. I think they – and you're thinking of Josh Laird, young man out of uh, the Fort Bend area that originally came down to Texas, Washington – uh, and even uh, Baylor at some level. I, I do not think Texas is going back there. Uh, they are focused on 2025 recruiting in the in the secondary. And and one guy in the portal right now, Jabbar Muhammad, who's expected to make his official visit to Oregon later today. 
All right, CJ, I know you talked about this a while back, but we've had a couple of questions on it. We just haven't been able to get to them in the past couple of shows. UTX Horn says, any word on Melvin Hills? Can you give everybody your update that you had a while back? Yeah, a little bit of a, a an awkward spot for Melvin Hills. Obviously, we talked about DeAndre Robinson uh, asking a release from his NLI. Uh, Alex January's on campus. But for Melvin Hills, I actually traded messages with him uh, last week or uh, about 10 days ago following the news of Bo Davis heading to LSU. He just said, basically, I'm, I'm trusting Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I'm waiting to see where Texas goes with their uh, defensive line coaching hire. Uh, but at the moment, he's – sitting back and waiting just as I think all the rest of us are to see what Sarkeesian does. Uh, but right now he has all faith in Steve Sarkeesian uh, and is hoping to find out just as we are who that next coach is. Well, before we move on, fellas, I'm going to tell everybody out there about Texas electricity ratings. And for anyone shopping for electricity in the deregulated areas of Texas, TexasElectricityRatings.com is the best place to find a great electricity plan for your household. For starters, it filters out the dangerous and gimmicky plans from providers that are all hat and no cattle when it comes to your monthly bill. You can shop by rate, but you can also shop by an average bill feature that actually takes into account seasonal usage to give you a real number and not just a placeholder. So if you're looking for a new electricity plan, be sure to check out TexasElectricityRatings.com OTF for the best options available. Again, that's TexasElectricityRatings.com slash OTF and hook them. Okay, we have some time for a few more questions. Um, earlier, we obviously had Josh Gibson on, uh, Lance Jackson's head coach. Horn7 says, do you guys know if Lance is an early enrollee? We that's, should a ask. Great, that's a great question. We should have asked. That's that's called poor reporting on our part. I'm asking right now. <laughs> yeah, that's poor reporting on our part. Hadn't even started thinking about early enrollees for 2025. No, just got done in 2024. I, yeah. They got to get the mind right, Bobby. <laughs> and then David Williams says, for a high school junior to focus on his leadership shortcomings because his abilities on the field don't necessarily need improving speaks very highly of Lance Jackson. I, and also Coach Gibson. Yeah, I, I think for them to sit down and say, where can you improve somewhere that's not necessarily athletically, that's a, a mature sign, not only from Lance, but I mean, Coach Gibson as well. And that goes to show why PG has been one of the best, you know, uh, best programs in the state of Texas. He's been tremendous. Okay, guys, this next question here is going to be from Alec Williams. And he says, what's up with Savion Red? Do you think we see more of him in 24? Where's he going to play yeah. and who's he going to beat out? Yeah, I was thinking whose snaps is he or running uh, uh, attempts is he taking away from? That's kind of the big question for me. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, he may be a red zone, uh, uh, excuse the pun, but red zone uh, guy. Uh, they tried to run the wildcat. It didn't necessarily get them where they wanted to be at the end of the season. Uh, early on, it worked a lot. They have to either improve that repertoire or, I mean, look, is he going to move back out to slot? I mean, don't, don't you know, preclude that from happening in the, in the spring. Uh, he's going to have to find a way right now to find a way onto the field. I do know this. If you ever watch a guy on the sideline um, and watch somebody during a game, Savion Red is as into the game as anybody on the team. And it doesn't matter whether 
they're up by 40 or down by 10, he is into it. Yeah. Fun guy and definitely bought in to being a good football player. This next question from Isaiah Stewart. Who's a sneaky gym prospect in 2025? I've got two, and one of them isn't sneaky at all, but I think he's still completely under the radar, or not under the radar, but underrated. And that's Kelshawn Johnson. We've talked about it. I think he's in the conversation for the best wide receiver in the state as up there with DeCorey and Moore. He's really impressive. The film doesn't lie. Uh, but the under the radar, the gym that we haven't talked about at all, uh, I think only has two offers at the moment is Aiden Webb out of Lake. Uh, I, I think he's out of Richland Hills in the Dallas area. Uh, 6'2", 6'3", cornerback. I actually saw him down here at the uh, the seven on seven tournament down in Lockhart. Incredibly rangy, uh, great length and wingspan. I mean, he is the complete package. Needs to put on a little bit of weight. Uh, probably is you know six two one seventy five at the moment, but uh, really impressive film and, and tremendous athlete. He's the guy that I'm looking to really blow up this spring when guys and coaches start seeing him with the pads on again. I'll tell hey, you right now. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you. Sorry. I need to bring this up here. Woo! Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. There we go. Sorry, Bobby. Oh, no. There we go, dude. That's the, that's the one we wanted to see. Theola Alia Savea, committed to the University of Texas. That's big time, guys. There's, there's part one of the defensive tackle mix for sure. Y'all agree with that, CJ? Yeah, absolutely. At the very least, you're getting a guy that can, you know, clobber up some defensive snaps, that rotational snaps. Uh, he's been proven to, to be a solid run fitter as well. Doesn't play a lot of true nose, but is able to move over to the B, uh, the B gap right over the, the, the guard and out towards the tackle as well. That's where Arizona really used him a lot. Uh, but, Bobby, like you said, this has been an important piece and just one piece of the puzzle that we are expecting uh, in the 2024 portal edition uh, for the defensive line. So really strong get, another piece that Texas can use. Uh, and, I mean, another dominant win on the portal. Huge, guys, huge. Um, you know, I, I look at it um, – I look at it this way. If Texas needs certain things in the offseason – to be really what they what they want to be in 2024. This is absolutely one of them. And so, you know, I, it, I know everybody on here is a big Texas fan. And so it's really like preaching to the choir, right? It's like you're already you're already believing it. Um, but to actually go out and do it, it's to say you need something is one thing. To actually go out and get it is huge. That's a that's a big time thing right now uh, for Texas. Very excited uh, for the Longhorns. Answered the question in the secondary with Makuba at the very least. Answered the question at wide receiver with everything. Answered the question at tight end. Answered even a, a backup question kind of at, at linebacker. And now to start on the defensive line, uh, that's that's big time for Texas. Uh, another guy that gets into um, into the rotation immediately at defensive tackle. That's big time. You want to answer that, Bob? <laughs> yes, we did. We had this we, – we, CJ and I uh, recorded this ahead of time because we thought it might be coming, and so we did indeed release a commitment video while live streaming. We had this we – we, we, we have a couple 
that are pre-recorded at this point, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Little tease there from Bobby Burton. All right. Well, man, that couldn't have worked out better right here. I, I mean, know. Way to, getting ready to cap off the show. And I was, you know, usually I save the best questions for last. I saved the best news for last on that one. So phenomenal. All right. We're going to go to this question from Brian Jones. Who is the true freshman, one on offense and one on defense, that has a legit chance of being a starter this upcoming season? To me, I think I, I really look to the pieces that Texas has added in the portal that kind of creates a little bit of uh, of pause for this class. Ryan Wingo was was one previously. Texas has since gone out and added three wide receivers. Xavier Phils to me was a guy that I thought could also crack that rotation pretty early in his career uh, for the Longhorns. Texas obviously added Andrew Makuba. Jada Barron returns as well. Jabbar Muhammad also in the mix. What happens to that Texas secondary room? It'll be interesting. Uh, but those were the two that really came to mind first. Obviously, Colin Simmons is another guy who I expect to be in the rotation and see a lot of early snaps, but – uh, Bobby, is there anybody that comes to mind for you? Because those were the three that I thought we had talked about pretty often until Texas went out and added uh, basically uh, anybody that they wanted from the portal. Uh, <clears throat> Wingo on offense is the obvious one for me, even with who they've added. Okay. I think he's one of those guys that it's just going to be hard for him to – you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to keep him off the field. Too big, too fast, smooth, all those things. You're going to want to get him – indoctrinated in the offense. Plus, he gives you something that nobody else on that field gives you, and that's size at that position, CJ, right? And so there's a way to work him in there if you want to go big at times. All right, that's number one. Um, I would have said Simmons and Phil Simi a, a week ago. I'm going to add a name uh, based on what I've heard. Er, very early results. Wardell Mack. Be on the lookout for him. I'm, 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 it's early, early, early. I'm told he's making some impressive moves already. So just keep that, keep that one in mind. Okay. Y'all we have time for just another question or two. Um, and well, we just got a portal commitment. So let's take this one from Jose. Will Texas go after smaller high school classes. Now that portal classes seems to be heading to double digits every year. Bobby, I loved what you said. Work at start at 20 and see where you got to go. You we talked about the additions from the portal. You're also going to see some departures from the portal. And I still think we expect to see, you know, a handful at the very minimum after the spring. Well, Texas now has eight portal commits, right? They have eight portal commits, yet they still had more outgoing than incoming. I mean, think about it that way. Everybody's focused on how many they got from the portal. They lost, I think, what, 14? Is that right? that are in the portal. Mm -hmm. So they still have an, a net outflow there. Um, the question I have is, and when what a lot of people are, are foreseeing, and I agree with them, is that right now those cuts or those people leaving, they don't hurt that much. Pretty soon, guys that leave are going to be really good players. And it starts to cut to where it bleeds a little bit, right? And that's what you don't want to have happen. Um, and so... I, I do think that they're going to stick around that 20 mark and go plus minus. I also suspect this. Um, Texas is getting now to where they don't have a lot of fat. You know, you, you call it trimming the fat, et cetera. 
their their recruiting classes now three years in a row have been rated really high for good reason. Um, this was the one year if you wanted to have a big portal year to bridge that uh, that year, yeah. that last senior year that you don't have the, the big time uh, recruiting group coming in. This was the year to do that. So they're at eight. Could see them go to nine with Jabbar Muhammad, right? Or or another DB even. Then you got to think they're going to take someone as a punter, maybe. You could end up with 10 and and possibly another defensive tackle. That would be 11. Hey, Bobby, real quick, I know that we were talking about sizes and what you can expect of classes and portal additions. I think we're also done completely with COVID. Yeah, that's and true. So that I, I don't think we'll we'll be seeing as many fifth, sixth, and and that for that kid's sake out of Miami, ninth year kids <laughs> anymore. Uh, so that's certainly going to help ease the transition of numbers from high school to portal to to, to the roster currently, uh, at least right now. So something else to consider, and the ever changing landscape of college football, just another hurdle and hill to climb there. All right, I guess slide to go down because it's going to make things easier. Oh, we have a super chat from Football Junkie. Thank you, Football Junkie. How physical do you guys think our front seven is, and where do they need to be by the fall? That's a great question because we talked about what Texas has lost on the interior. We just saw them out of peace with Savea. Who else steps up? You got Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, uh, Aaron Bryant's in that mix. Savea is going to be a big piece in terms of physicality right now. Uh, I feel very confident about the linebacking group. You know, you you go out, David Benda's back, Maurice Blackwell's back, Anthony Hill's going to be in the weight room for another year. But Leon Golafau is the guy that I'm really keeping a close eye on there. If he can take that step into being a, a, a guy that takes up 40, 40 snaps a game, big step, albeit. But that's a guy that I, I have a lot of high hopes for. And his physicality and the trust that the coaching staff has already placed in him this past season – by being the leading snap getter in special teams by over 100 snaps for the Longhorns. That's something that's very uh, encouraging to me. And if he's able to snap, uh, excuse me, hop onto the field next to Anthony Hill in the middle of that defense, you're looking at what could be a pretty impressive uh, front seven. But again, got to add another piece up front. All right, that Well, obviously they just got one of those pieces uh, <laughs> in Sevilla committing to Texas. So, Bobby, with that, I want you to run down, of course, that commitment and then the other portal news that Texas may or may not be waiting on from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. So, first of all, let's take Savea, uh, T-O-L-A, Savea, uh, committing to Texas defensive tackle. Originally out of Las Vegas' Desert Pines High School, signed with UCLA out of high school, then transferred with Johnny Nansen, by the way, uh, to Arizona. Nansen was at UCLA, then went to Arizona, uh, now coming to Texas as well, six foot four, 305 pounds. He adds immediate size to the defensive tackle room. Uh, going to be a guy that hopefully can get into that rotation and spells 20 to 30 snaps a game at least uh, for the Longhorns next year. Uh, I think this will be one of two guys that they focus on in the portal for 2024 uh, for the defensive tackle role. They're not done. They're, they're but now. The question is, is there anyone out there right now? Right now, there's no one else out there they're really going after at defensive tackle, which means either there's going to be a head coach leave somewhere, like Jim Harbaugh, 
Okay. If that happens, that reopens the portal for Michigan players. And if there's a cascading effect or domino effect, other teams as well. So that's one piece. But the next grouping won't come out until April 15th. Okay. So that's, that's will be, that'll be what Texas is looking at. Uh, but for this part of it, uh, it's a huge pickup for Texas because it's one of the pieces of the puzzle. I mean, they keep, Steve Sarkeesian keeps kind of hunting and pecking uh, and finding the right spots for these guys. I think it's tremendous. Uh, then also, obviously, Jabbar Muhammad expected to visit uh, Oregon today. He's the defensive back, cornerback out of Washington. Uh, we're waiting to see exactly what he decides to do. Uh, Texas, Wa- Texas, Oregon, and Alabama, the finalists for him at this point. Okay, guys, we're going to take two more questions, and then we will get out of here. This first one from Will Butler. Is Alex January on campus? If so, do we expect him to be in the rotation? He is on campus. He did enroll. He has moved in and undergoing uh, workouts. I guess they just got off the field or or so this morning for their winter conditioning workouts. Uh, Bobby, I know you're very high on Alex January, uh, but it's all about getting him acclimated to the speed of the game in the trenches. That's something that is very important for early enrollee uh, players on the in, in the trenches. Uh, but go ahead and finish that second part of it because I know you, you're really high on him. Yeah, very high. I think that he's uh... – his mental makeup, uh, according to, to people inside the building, very strong to go along with a really strong senior campaign. People don't remember the fact that he was a two-sport athlete, really three. I mean, did some track stuff too with the, the throws, uh, but baseball player. So he is just now focusing exclusively on football, and his level of run-up has been – kind of exceeded what people thought it would be, right? And when you see that start to happening, and he's going into college early, um, and uh, I'll I'll say this, I I mentioned Wardell Mack as one of the guys that people had talked about. Alex January has been talked about that. I just don't see a true freshman at the defensive tackle position having a, a large impact. That's very, very rare because of the change in physicality of the game. That was probably the only reason I didn't mention him as well. Okay, guys, earlier in the show, I asked y'all a question about loaded rooms. You know, that was one of the very first questions of the day. But we're going to close with this. Uh, It's a twofold question. Number one, what position group gives you the most pause going into the 2024 season? And on top of that, what position group do you feel has improved the most thanks to the portal? If if we all don't just say wide receiver on that last (laughs) one, I mean, come on. I mean, you, you added, what, 150 catches, 160 catches at wide receiver? 220. Yeah. I <laughs> Come on. <laughs> wide receiver is a, a no-brainer on that first one, on the on the second part of that question. The, the, the one that I still worry about is defensive tackle. Even with Savea committing to Texas. I just – that is the one place where going into the SEC can expose you. And so I'm not saying that Texas is – Got a horrible defensive tackle group. That's not it's not what I'm saying. You're asking me which one I'm concerned with most. I think they're going to be great in this. I, great is, is strong. They're going to be really good in the secondary. Barron coming back with Makuba answers that for me. I think Hill and Benda will be a good linebacker group, and they've got the young guys coming as well as Blackshear added. I think they're going to be improved at edge. On defense, even with Savea, it's still – 
defensive tackle because I still think they need that nose. That guy that's 330, 340 pounds that clogs up the middle. Okay, could be more than 330 pounds these days, as Tavondre Sweat would tell you. <laughs> so um, that that's the one for me. What about you, CJ? I was actually going to ask you. I don't necessarily have a weak spot on this offense right now. I think we're sitting at a, a pretty healthy group of, of of depth and talent at every position, which is astounding considering what Texas have just lost. So that's certainly encouraging to me. I think I'm right there with you. The defensive line has to be shored up a little bit. Uh, the other question mark that I have is what happens at that Mike Backer right next to Anthony Hill, David Benda, Leon Glafau, uh, do you see Kendrick Blackshare working into the fold as well? That's the other question mark that I have, and we'll certainly find that out this spring uh, in terms of where I think the Texas staff will lean towards going into the fall. Think about this, CJ. In two years' time, Texas will have lost Bijan, Roshan, <laughs> Jonathan Brooks, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, and A.D. Mitchell. That's and Javion Sanders. Uh, and JT, JT Sanders. That's seven draft picks from <laughs> offensive skill players, and you're not worried about a weak spot on offense. Incredible, first off. But this is what we wanted to see from Sarkeesian and his vaunted offense, and I'm glad that we're we are seeing it. You know, because a lot of – and Texas fans are familiar with it. When new head coaches come in, you know what their strengths are and you hope to see it right away. We didn't necessarily see it under the last two head coaches. With Sarkeesian, we are seeing that. And it doesn't look like it's going to slow down anytime soon. Man, I, I want to see what Cedric Baxter looks like in, in six months. Absolutely. That's, that's going to be a big one for this offense, I think. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Coffee and Football presented by Texas Electricity Ratings. Bobby, before we get out of here, tell folks what they can expect later today, if nothing else breaks. <laughs> what, can, what can they see later today on On Texas Football? Well, I, we're going to talk uh, recruiting breakdown. CJ and I are going to talk uh, and try to go over a little bit of the junior day, but also mix in some of what's happening with Ryan Williams. we got some updated news and notes on when Sark's going to see him. Uh, then also, I, I want to say this, we have the live stream tonight. Rod Baber, CJ, uh, and Aaron Hogan will be hosting. Should be fun stuff. Uh, come join us, if you will. Talk a little Texas football and have a little fun. That's right. And be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Ring that bell so you don't miss out on any breaking news or just any videos in general. want to thank uh, Texas Electricity Ratings for sponsoring today's show along with Factor. Special thanks to uh, Coach Josh Gibson out there at Pleasant Grove. Got to thank him for taking his time to come on and give us some really good intel, man. Some stuff that we, we definitely did not know about Lance Jackson. So thank you so much, Coach Gibson. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for the Super Chats. And for Bobby Burton and CJ Vogel, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Hook them. Happy Tuesday. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.